Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. If you would follow along with me, please. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Let me pray once more for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Uh, give us a greater love for you, for each other, uh, and for your word. Uh, thank you for Melanie and, and what a sweet uh, testimony, faith story it was of just your faithfulness, your grace in her life. God, we need to each experience your grace uh, like she's experienced your grace. We want to experience you. Help us to uh, continue to experience you in the service, but then throughout our, our lives, through our highs and low. Uh, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today, uh, maybe you've come to Cornerstone uh, because we're launching a new sermon series. It's the fall. Maybe you've come with a friend. Maybe you came to hear uh, Melanie's faith story, or this is just the first time, you know, for whatever the reason, the Lord brought you here tonight, and I want you to be encouraged. Uh, and so I have this very uh, encouraging message for you. I, I, I received this at a conference. I was encouraged by it, uh, at least this first part. And I, I thought you would be edified if you kind of heard these same words expressed from me to you. All right? So are, are you ready for this encouraging uh, message? I hope you are. So this is the message. You are good for nothing. All right? You are good for nothing. Aren't you encouraged? The word of the Lord, like you are good for nothing. In fact, uh, why don't we all just say this phrase together? Ready? I am good for nothing. That's grace. That's what grace is. Do you understand? I am good for nothing. I am good for no cost to myself. So our series is about grace. Now, as Christians, we usually define grace a little bit more like this. Grace, the free and unmerited favor of God. That's such a great way to say it. But you can also say, I am good for nothing. At no cost to myself. That's grace. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to experience God's grace. I don't want to go through this life and not experience God's favor on me. This favor that's bestowed on me without ever having deserved it. Maybe you're here and you're thinking, you know, I've never experienced God's grace. I don't know what it means to be a loved and accepted by God. Well, I hope that by the end of this sermon, and if not by the end of the series, you'll know how to receive God's favor. God's grace, that you will have experienced it, that, you, that you'll be able to say, I am good for nothing. That's a, that's a great goal. That's a grace-filled goal. And so tonight, I want to tell you a little bit about a man who experienced grace in his own life. Now, this, this man, he lived about 2,000 years ago. His name was Paul. He was not a very good guy. <laughs> he thought he was good. He was like, I am a good guy. I do all these like, very religious things. I'm very faithful. I go to, I go to the, the synagogue. I, I study God's word. 
I, I keep the law like religiously, like I, I think I'm good. But then one day, God appeared to him, the, the risen Savior, Christ Jesus, appeared to him, and he realized that he'd been doing all the wrong things. He, his good works that he thought were good were actually persecuting and murdering Christians because <laughs> he was zealous. He was zealous. This wasn't good, and he needed to experience the favor of God, and he did. Jesus showed up to him and had mercy on him and forgave him of his sins. And experiencing this grace, being made good for nothing, just completely transformed Paul's life. So this guy named Paul, he wrote about half the New Testament. He wrote a lot of the letters And throughout the New Testament, he writes about grace. And I wanted to share some of these passages with you. In Romans, he writes this. He says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace, the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So here's Paul's message. He's saying everyone sinned. You know, you don't have to be someone who who murders and persecutes Christians to have sinned. And if you have sinned, if you have disobeyed God in any way, we're born in sin, right? Then you fall short of God's glory. And you're not good enough. But there's hope because all are justified freely by his grace. In other words, God, God just freely says, you are right with me. That's what justification is, to be made right with God, to be accepted, and to be holy. I want to be accepted by God. I want to be holy. How is this possible? Through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Something about the story of Jesus, this story that happened 2,000 years ago, can bring grace to us, can make us right with God. Do you want to be right with God? I know I want to be right with God. Paul really believed in God's grace. He talks about God's grace over and over again in the New Testament. And this isn't just like this theoretical abstract in the clouds religious terminology that Paul believed in. He believed that grace not only saved him, but in his future for all eternity, but it saved him every day in his weakness. This passage from 2 Corinthians, another letter that Paul wrote, he said, I was given a thorn in my flesh. We don't know what that that is, but something that was sinful that was bothering him, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God's grace is sufficient for me. Somehow, God making me good enough can get me through my weakest, most powerless, most numb, tired, anxious, sad, depressed, frustrated, sinful, broken moments. God's grace can do that. He can do it for me. He can do it for you. He did it for Paul. God's grace gives Paul strength, and Paul needed strength. You know when he writes our letter of Ephesians, so Ephesians, our book, it's a letter. He writes it when he's in prison. He writes this letter that we're going to read today when he's imprisoned in Rome, about 62 AD. Like that's when he realizes he needs God's grace. He needs God's grace the most, and everyone needs God's grace. The people that he's writing to, this church, the church of Ephesus, they need God's grace. 
And in Ephesians, I want to just focus briefly on our foundation verse, this verse that uh, we're memorizing together. It says this, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. See, somehow through Jesus, despite my sins, I can be saved by God as a gift. Like, this is really good news. (laughs) See, most of us walk through life and we kind of think, as long as I'm a good person, like I treat my parents and my siblings relatively well, and occasionally I go out of my way to do good things, you know, and uh, I'm kind of like civically minded and kind to my neighbors and, and don't use my career to further destruction in this world, like, then I'm good, and God's going to look on me and be like, okay, you can, you can come into the pearly gates, enter now, And the Bible says, you know, all our good works are actually like filthy rags before God. They're like trash. Today at Cornerstone this morning, uh, we had an outreach event where we met in the parking lot at 9, and we went and we picked up trash along Graniteville Road. It was a wonderful time, and we had two different teams, and there was a lot of donuts, and I ate too many, Uh, but it was just a great time. Uh, but one of the things we had was this tool. It's like a, it's like a grabber. Have you ever seen those things where you like there's something on the floor and you can't bend over, and so you're like, okay, I can grab it. So just a wonderful modern technology, modern marvel uh, that you can pick up things without having to bend over. And and that's a little bit like God's grace in some ways, because God He picks us up out of our sins, and what does He use? He uses our faith. According to this verse, it says. You know, you're saved by God's grace through faith. It's like the grabber is your faith, but it's God who is saving you. And he is picking you up from the dirt. It's all God's grace. Not by works, nothing I can do. See, going and picking up trash and litter in our neighborhood, it doesn't do us any like eternal good apart from Christ. In other words, I can't like put that on my, my spiritual punch card. It's like, here's some of my merits. <laughs> here's some of the things that I've done in this life to get me into heaven. It doesn't work that way. See, we need grace. We need a grace as a gift. There's nothing we can do to earn it. And the book of Ephesians, this is a letter that Paul writes to a church in Asia. Uh, Asia is modern day, it's in modern day Turkey. And, and Paul writes to the church at Ephesus. And this church probably, although this, this city of Ephesus, it's the capital of Asia. And it has probably... 200 to 250,000 people in this city, kind of like in the city, in the, the suburbs, the surrounding uh, region. It's a, it's a big area. So when he was writing to this church, it could have been one church, but it could have been multiple little churches. And he was also writing essentially to other churches in the area. So there was lots of uh, recipients of this letter. Have you ever sent like a group text or an email where you CC'd a whole bunch of people? It's kind of like what Paul is doing. He's writing one letter to a church, but he wants a whole bunch of people to hear it. And I want to read again the, the verses that, that Mark read, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. So you can look down at your Bible, and you're welcome to take one of the church Bibles home if you don't have one. Paul, an apostle 
an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul, he starts by blessing the people. And Paul, it says this weird word, apostle. Well, what does apostle mean? Apostle is a man appointed directly by the risen Christ to teach about him with his authority. So Paul went from like persecuting and martyring Christians to becoming someone who was appointed directly by Jesus Christ to teach his church. That's what it means to be an apostle. See, God transformed his life by grace. Now, Paul is writing this to the saints, to God's holy people. This means this is a letter primarily to Christians. It's, it's a letter primarily to a church. It's not really addressed to, to people that don't believe, but if you're someone who doesn't know Jesus, who doesn't believe in Jesus, it doesn't mean you can't get something out of this letter. You certainly can. It, Paul would want you to read it. But first and foremost, it's to the church. Maybe some of you have a membership in like Costco or BJ's and they send you like a book of coupons or a, a book with all those advertisements. Well, you can go and you can show your neighbor like, look at all these great deals I have from Costco, but can they take advantage of those deals? Well, no, they need to become a member of Costco or of BJ's to get those deals. And so in a similar way, this letter is, is for the Christians but much more importantly, grace is for Christians. It's for those who believe. We're the ones who receive grace. And I want to tell other people, like, I want other people to, to sign up for Costco. I want other people to sign up for God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But it is for those that believe. And so is this letter. See, Paul writes to those who are in Christ. To God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. I hope that you'll think about becoming in Christ. This is like a kind of an interesting term, in Christ, that maybe we don't use very often, but it, it means a whole bunch of things. It means that you're covered by God's grace, that, that you are good for nothing. <laughs> you're good for, for the for the price that someone else has paid. It means that you're adopted. Do you know that not everyone is a child of God? Everyone is made in God's image. That means we're all valuable, but only those that know Christ, Jesus, are children of God. If you've experienced God's grace, if you're in Christ, you're a child of God. If you're in Christ, you have a relationship with the living God. It'll change your life, just like it changed Paul's life. Now, I want us to look at the book of Ephesians. This really is like a sermon meant to introduce the book of Ephesians, to, to introduce kind of some of the themes we're going to see in Ephesians. Uh, but have you ever, like, gotten lost, you went on a road trip, or you went, you went for a hike? You're like, let's just do it, let's just go. Like, ah, I know where you know, Maine is, I'm going I'm to get to Maine, it won't be that hard, and then like five hours later, you're, you're lost, and you're nowhere near Maine, you're in like, in, uh, you know, I don't know, Virginia, uh, so, so I hope that hasn't happened to any of you, um, 
But you get my point. Sometimes we think we know how to get someplace and we get lost, right? And that's why we need a map. We need to look at a map or we need to look at a GPS. And so I want to stop and, and like pull up our GPS app on our phone. Uh, and we're going to do that by looking kind of at the first three chapters, the, the, the big picture of Ephesians. So chapters one through three of the book of Ephesians are all about grace received, grace as a gift, grace given to us. Now, I kind of want to talk about like this grammatical term called a, an indicative. <laughs> now, I'm sure that's a word you, you use. You're like, oh, today is just an indicative. I'm sure you use that all the time. It's this Greek mood that describes what is. All right, I hope you're tracking with me. It's just something that's, that's currently happening, something that is. So right now, you are listening to my sermon, I hope. Uh, so that's an indicative. You are listening, all right? Now, if we are to look at the first three chapters of Ephesians, chapters one through three, it is full of indicatives that describe God's favor to us, God's grace to us, God's love for us. I just have three brief examples, but Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, for he chose us, just describing what is. He chose us in him before the creation of the world. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. That's just describing what we have. We have redemption. Chapter 2, verse 5, it is by grace you have been saved. So it's kind of like a, a past tense, but it's it's, it's, it, it's happening. I have been saved. This is all just describing what, what God has done. See, grace describes what God is constantly doing for us. Do you know God is like having grace on you in this moment right here, right now? You are receiving God's grace. The fact that you're alive and your heart is beating and you're breathing in and breathing out. Like you're receiving God's grace right now. The only people that have not received God's grace or are not receiving God's grace are those that have died apart from Christ Jesus. In other words, they said, you know what? I reject this Jesus. I, you know, it's a nice story, but at the end of the day, I do not believe, and they perish. They are apart from God's grace. I don't want that to be any of us. <laughs> I hope that if you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord, that you will, you will receive this grace before you walk out. Now, thank you for listening to my sermon. Now, what if I were to say this? Listen to my sermon. <laughs> listen to my sermon. You really need to listen to my sermon. Now, that's what we call an imperative, right? An imperative is a command. Do this. Do that. So the second half of Ephesians chapters uh, four through six, they contain a whole bunch of imperatives, a whole bunch of commands, because it's grace lived out, all right? So in the first half of the book, we receive grace. This mirrors the Christian walk. First we receive grace, and then we go and we live it out. We say, okay, this is, this is how I'm going to live differently because I've been changed. Something about me is different because I have experienced the, the very grace of God, the favor of God. This changes my life. This changes how I want to act. There's a verse, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, that kind of connects this and shows this. It says, I therefore, whenever you see a therefore, you ask, what's it there for? And it's this connecting word. Paul is saying, because of all the grace you received in chapters 1 through 3, therefore, go and live this way. 
I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. I received all this grace. It's good. I love it. I need it. I want it. And now I'm going to let this grace change my life. It's going to change who I am. I'm going to live out this grace. Here are some examples of the ways we do that. In your anger, do not sin. That's a command. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. That's a command. That's part of what it means to be a Christian. If you're a Christian, we're called to follow that. Verse 32, be kind. It's another command. And compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, uh, just as in Christ God forgave you. How about this command for husbands? Husbands, love your wives. If you're a believer, that's not an option. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Did you know that there are 41 imperatives? There are 41 commands in the book of Ephesians, and one appears in chapters 1 through 3. And 40 appear in chapters 4 through 6. 40 commands. How to live as a Christian. So in our series, we're going to learn how to receive grace. We're going to be reminded of the grace we're already receiving. And then we're going to live differently because we've received that grace. We need grace. I need grace. We need to extend grace to those around us. But first, we need to receive grace ourselves. And we can see this in the big picture of of Ephesians. We're still looking at the map here, and I want to outline the first three chapters. And just very briefly, this is an outline that I made. But Paul introduces grace in chapter 1, and then he, he talks about God's gracious plan. And then he has a a grace-filled prayer for the Ephesians. And then he talks about how God, by his grace, raises those who are spiritually dead. Do you know that if you don't know Jesus, you are, like, spiritually dead right now? <laughs> it's kind of offensive to, to imagine, like, oh, there's this, like, spiritual, invisible tombstone, like, kind of hovering above me and following me. Well, apart from Christ, yeah, we're spiritually dead. But in Christ, we're spiritually raised, and we're going to talk about that. Grace breaks down and builds up, breaks down barriers and builds up unity, making known the mystery of grace. What is this grace? Comprehending, comprehending the depth of grace. So this is the first three chapters, those, those kind of indicative chapters. How about chapters four through six, grace lived doubt? Well, here we find commands. Be united by grace. Be spiritually transformed by grace. Be a grace-changed church. Respect and love each other in a grace-filled marriage. Be gracious to your family and to those over you. Put on grace to withstand the evil one. And then he closes in grace. He talks about grace and peace in verse 2 and then at the very end as well. So grace in, grace out. Grace in, grace out. You ever do like the whole breathe in? Breathe out. Can you just do that with me? Grace in. Grace out. Now, what if you try to like start with like grace out? You're just kind of like, <sighs> like we need, to, we need to breathe grace in. We need to breathe life in, God's life in, before we have the strength to, to share it with others. We, we need to receive God's grace 
before we can live it out in this world in obedience to him. Now, I recently spotted someone on Facebook just doing an incredible act of fitness. And so I brought a picture that this individual posted on Facebook. That's right. <laughs> it's our own Bernie Michaud. So, Bernie, I need help with an illustration. So if you could come on down, uh, Bernie, I would really appreciate. Uh, let's give him a round of applause. <laughs> Bernie has been voluntold. Uh, I did not, did not tell him um, but I, I need Bernie to help me uh, illustrate, like, the Christian life. Okay. So if you were to symbolically strike a pose that kind of represents Christ and the cross, what would it be? Kind of just putting the cross out. Right. Now, why don't you, why don't you stand here and face the, face the congregation, right? And we're, gonna, we're not going to crucify Bernie here tonight. Uh, but, right, this is, Bernie here is trying to live the Christian life. He is trying to Walk the Christian life. He is trying to be a good Christian and follow Jesus. I really respect that about you, Bernie. But there's something that you haven't been honest about to us. Either you have a lot of sin. You have a lot of sin that I don't think this accurately represents. And so I've brought some sin uh, for you. Uh, some sin, some nice heavy sin that I, I still expect you to hold as you live uh, the Christian life. So just, I know you're really strong I think you're even like CrossFit. Uh, if you could just hold that up uh, for as long. Just breathe in, breathe out, and please don't drop these books. These are like nice books from my library. Uh, so you're here, Bernie is trying to live the Christian life, uh, you know, without really dealing with his sin. And how, how many of us do this? Where we say, you know, I, I'm going to be a good person, I'm just going to, I'm going to make a really, this is a slow point, Bernie, so just keep holding. Uh, I'm going to live a good life. I'm going to be like Jesus. I'm going to be like, like perfection, and I don't really need to deal with my sin because, well, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be good enough. Now, Bernie, how long do you think you can hold these up for? Ten minutes? Ten minutes? <laughs> Maybe. He is pretty strong. I was kind of hoping that he wouldn't be this, this strong. Uh, Bernie, your, your sin's about to get a lot heavier. Uh, all right, we'll just we'll give in to the point. This kind of weighs you down, right? You can last about 10 minutes. So you can kind of take a, a break here. Uh, keep holding your sin. I'm not going to take your sin. Uh, <laughs> And I need another actual volunteer. Uh, Jenny, would you come up and help me? So, Jenny, you're some grace. Jenny, you're grace. You're going to hold this. I'm going to hold some grace in my life. Go ahead. Now, keep striking this pose. Uh, so you've got to be in that, that cross shape again, right? So you're trying to live the Christian life. And do you, do you want grace, Bernie? Do you need grace? Are you willing to admit that, like, you're sinful and broken, Amen. So what grace does, it's God's favor, it comes in and just takes the sin. Right? And it's like, okay, I got this. But grace doesn't just take the sin, it, it also lifts him up. So, right? So we're going to actually help hold up his arms. Now, how long do you think you could hold like a, a Christian pose now? It's the cross, Bernie. With you guys holding? With, with us holding you. Quite a while. Quite a while. <laughs> Amen. All right, you can put your hands down. You can go back. Thank you. <laughs> you can take your. <laughs> uh, 
That was great, except you're much stronger than I thought, Bernie. (laughs) So we need grace. We need to experience grace before we can really live it out. We need Christ to come and like wash away our sins, just completely wipe them away. And Bernie was like, yeah, I can probably last a while, (laughs) 10 minutes. Like, you're going to be here a while, you know. But he can't last forever. And God's perfection demands that, that you are perfect every moment, every hour of every day for your entire life. And if that's you, I don't know why you're sitting here. You can, you can leave because you're perfect. You don't need what, what all of us broken people need. Us broken people, we need grace. We need grace in We need grace out. We need life in. We need God's life in so that we can give it out. We're going to encounter that in the book of Ephesians. See, very practically, because God loves me, like I can love my spouse. I can love my husband or my wife when they aggravate me, when they hurt me. When they, you know, like, oh, I'll do this thing for you. I'll do the dishes. I'll clean the house. I'll pick the kids up. And they don't do it. And they don't show up. Well, if God loves me and my sin, I can love them and their sin. Because God values me, I can turn the other cheek when someone disrespects me, when a coworker treats me unfairly, because I have received grace in, I can give grace out. Because God has been kind to me in Christ Jesus, I can be kind to my siblings, even though, even though they aggravate the heck out of me. Because of what I have received. Because God has been compassionate to me, I can be compassionate to that wicked driver when they just swerve by me. I can be kind. Because God has forgiven me, I can forgive them. I can forgive that person, that person in your mind who has wronged you. Grace in, grace out. The, the word for sin in uh, Chinese, apparently there's a couple different ones. I, I don't speak Chinese, but it's the, it's the word crime. Crime. Do you realize that, that God loves you even though you're a criminal? <laughs> I'm a criminal. God loves me. And that means I can love all those criminals around me, (laughs) those who have sinned against me. Grace in, grace out. Maybe you're here and you've never experienced grace. I hope that you will. Maybe you believe in grace, but grace has grown cold in your heart. That's kind of where I am at. I need to experience grace anew. And so it's my prayer for us, for me, that we would experience God's grace anew in this service, in this church, in this series. See, God, God did this extraordinary act of grace. He's perfect, he's holy, he's good, he's full of grace. He became a man, he walked on this earth, he never sinned, no, not once. And although he's not a criminal, Jesus was not a criminal, he was crucified and put to death as if he were a criminal. He paid for my criminality 
on this tree, on this cross. He made an exchange. He said, I'll, I'll take your, your rap sheet, your crime, your imperfection. I'll bear the load on myself. I will not waver. I will not falter. I will bear your sins so that I can give you grace so that I can give you favor, so that you can be made good for nothing. No cost to you, all the cost to me. That's the message of Christianity, that you are good for nothing through Christ Jesus, because someone paid the cost. If you want to experience grace new, I'm going to just say a closing prayer for my sermon If you want to experience grace for the first time or you want to experience grace anew, you can kind of pray it silently with me. You can go home and get on your knees and pray before the Lord. But I'm going to just say this prayer in closing, so would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I need your grace. Maybe it's for the first time I'm saying these words, but I, I need to be made good for nothing, for no cost to myself, all the cost to Jesus. I recognize that I'm sinful, that I'm broken, that I'm disobedient, and that I'm selfish. And yet, you love me. You're willing to send your son to die for me, to rescue me, to redeem me. Thank you. I receive this as a gift. I receive Jesus as a gift. Maybe I've been walking through the Christian life for a long time. and My heart has forgotten grace. My heart has grown cold to grace. Father, would you overwhelm me with your grace once again? Would my heart grow hot with a a burning passion for your grace for me, for those around me? Would Would I truly find my value, would I truly find my worth, not in my good deeds, not in my trash, but in Christ Jesus. If I am a criminal and you love and forgive me, there is no one that I can't love Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your grace to me. Help me to receive grace in so that I can live grace out. Grace in, grace out. Amen.